What do you know? Episode two of You Wouldn't Get It. We are back with what I'd like to think a pretty interesting and controversial topic in some ways today. My name is Christian Barzi, and of course, with me, Easton Roadhouse. Easton, you want to get us kicked off? Yeah, let's do it. Great first episode. Thank you to everyone who uh, tuned into that. This week, we are bringing something a little, uh, little crazy to the table for you. So we've got what we like to call influencer culture, or you could call it social media culture. Basically, we're going to dive into kind of the the foundings of this whole idea of people, you know, profiting off of social media and building kind of a a personal brand from it um, and how it's sort of evolved over the years. So honestly, we don't we don't have a ton of segments this week. We're kind of just going to dive into this and tackle a few prongs of of some of these sites and some of the people that have made the big books. Oh, yeah. And I mean, to really understand influence culture and everything that goes on today, you kind of have to take it way back to when it all just began. And this is to a time of probably 10, 12 years ago when YouTube was just starting to get really big and guys like, you know, Smosh or Shane Dawson, all these, even like Dude Perfect was probably, I think around Mm -hmm. back then, all these channels that were just starting out and gaining money based on the ad revenue system that was pretty new and also a pretty big deal on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I don't know about you, but personally, some of those names you brought up there were my first knowledge of this idea that, Mm -hmm. hey, someone can legitimately become, you know, a worldwide star and make uber amounts of money off of basically just posting, you know, personal content. And from there, you know, incorporating sponsors or like you said, getting the ad revenue just from getting a ton of views. Um, It's pretty wild and bizarre to think about because, you know, definitely if you go back let's say 20 years from today, a lot of people would have never even guessed that this would be the industry it is today. Well, definitely not considering, I feel like YouTube started out as almost almost a niche platform where you go to kind of see these viral videos that really have no connectivity to each other. It's just random accounts. And that's what YouTube really did start off mm-hmm. as just random accounts posting videos with no intention of trying to get big or blow up. They just wanted people to see these funny videos or viral moments. And like you said, who could have thought that it would turn into such a big industry that has with it a lot of great things have come, but at the same time, a lot of questionable things have happened as well. Right, right. Well, and what's interesting about it to me is you know, if you go back to these first days of YouTube, like you kind of brought up, you've got like the, you know, Charlie bit my finger and the, (laughs) the, uh, the chocolate rain song and just all these, all these bizarre videos where, you know, these people weren't necessarily building a brand per se, like you see today, it was literally just one video that took off and had millions upon millions of views. And, you know, from that, they, they kind of became known worldwide. And, And I think that once people started to recognize that, hey, if we can put this together video after video where we bring in all these viewers, you know, we can make a lot of money. And the the two names that pop up to my mind that you've already brought up, one of them is Smosh. And then the other one is uh, PewDiePie, the gamer. Yeah. 
And yeah. I actually just recently, not with Smosh. I don't know, is Smosh still a thing? They are, but one of the guys, Anthony. I knew that. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, been he in laughed. some they're, Yeah, they're still a thing, but it's not like it's not, not how it used was. to be. Not what yeah. it was. And the other day I actually got on and was watching some of uh, PewDiePie's content. And it's just bizarre to me because I actually did watch him in those, you know, those, I guess, gamer days when he was making everyone laugh. Just, I mean, he oh, yeah. was basically Twitch before Twitch, honestly. And now it's like his channel is completely different he's like running what seems like a news broadcast and he's doing all this you know crazy editing and he's got you know i what i would probably think is dozens of people behind the scenes like Mm -hmm. running one youtube channel now where it started as you know one camera on him one camera on the game he was playing and he's just saying bizarre things while he plays and you know lo and behold he's worth millions and millions now Oh, well, it shows just shows the evolution of not only YouTube, but just technology and social media in general. And another another channel that comes to mind, I don't know if uh, you definitely knew this channel, but Fred, uh, the Fred. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone knew Fred. I think he was maybe the first channel to a million subscribers. And that's a perfect example of a guy. And I think he was honestly one of the first examples of a guy who actually started to build a brand for himself because all of his well, videos yeah. played off the same theme of the super <laughs> high-pitched kid who just did stupid shit well um, and he ended up with a with a movie right I, yeah, maybe and he was on iCarly and yeah. he was on shows <laughs> yeah it worked out for him and then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth once he grew up a little <laughs> bit but it was interesting to see that idea of a youtube brand extend out into i guess what you would call a real world yeah. Well, I think that's what's hard for so many people to like wrap their head around is because, you know, we talked about PewDiePie and obviously, you know, you've got the the Twitch channel now where you've got gamers that, you know, bring in a ton of ton of people. But it's because, you know, they're seriously very talented at at whatever game they're playing and they're also good at producing content. But yes. what's different with them and, and these YouTubers we talk about, like Fred, is some of the stuff if you just simply said hey man you know you're gonna be worth 500 million dollars if you just talk like a pubescent kid and (laughs) and scream you know i guess what to to most people is a bunch of hilarious you know little one-liners and make bizarre videos and i mean hey i'm not here to knock it because the guy's set for life off doing that but it is like if you if you you know, especially with the older generations, tried to explain to them this concept. It's pretty, pretty foreign. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting to think that I guess the content idea has changed. I feel like nowadays, back then, content that was being made, it seemed like it was pretty obvious that these creators, it was what they loved doing because it was less so about the money and the platform and the brand and more so just about enjoying what they were doing on YouTube. And now, like you were saying with Twitch, you have these absolutely massive channels, these massive pages of people that are playing video games and making a lot of money off of it. And it's become so much more than just them. It's a brand. And even, even if maybe they don't love what they're doing at this point, it's absolutely a job for them. And it's come to that point because of the money that's involved. Yeah. Well, and, and one channel that 
a lot of people sleep on and it truly is slept on some great content that was just kind of flew over the radar and never got the attention it deserved is uh I, I believe he goes by the name of, of Fat Chitch now or, or something oh, along right. those lines. Hey, man, I'm, but, I'm telling uh, you, man, one time that guy, whoever he was, he had one stream, popped off a little bit. <laughs> Some, rumor has it 30 or so viewers and the plug got pulled. The, the, the computer yeah. died. The computer died and apparently it was the technical guy that was to blame for it. But I don't know, well, a lot of controversy there. Hey, listen, I mean, it, you know, if this podcast does well enough, maybe we'll have to to unvault some of those videos that are buried in the in the deep depths of YouTube of of a young Christian Barzi producing the content that everyone wants to see. Oh, I hey, and trust me, trust me when when Easton says that people want to see this content, it is content that people absolutely need to see. Um, and yeah, maybe one of these days. Hope for me personally. Hopefully, hopefully that day never comes. But maybe one of these days. But and yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you, well you, you know what's troubling too is I don't know how many of you out there have heard of uh, the Nelk Boys or Steve will do it. They're a big you know YouTube social media brand now. Nelk is kind of they kind of originated as one of those yep. prank YouTube channels, and they still sort of do the same thing, but just you know crazy shit that no one would ever think about doing they do and you know they have those clickbait titles that kind of pull you in and mm -hmm. steve will do it is sort of the the same concept but he's mostly through the use of uh alcohol drugs and eating a bizarre amount of food and i was thinking christian i was thinking i said you know uh, i think uh, you get i think you gave up on the youtube thing a little too early because he sort of took your gig i mean he's you know, I saw a video of him throwing back 200 Chick-fil-A nuggets, 50 oh. In-N-Out burgers. And, and, and you know, you you do that basically oh, that, any day of the week. That's that's Monday through Friday yes, for you, right? That's so, a normal day I, you know, I, I do feel bad because I think you missed your opportunity <laughs> there. But well, you hate to see life it. You goes do, on, right? You do hate to see it. And you live and you learn. That's what they say. Um Another now you reminded me another one of those channels that I used to watch a lot of growing up and maybe this just taught me my ways. Epic Meal Time. That was I, I don't know if you ever saw that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the absurd meals they're eating twenty thirty thousand calorie meals and honestly, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they went on without having some kind of severe health issues. But hey, <laughs> they did it. They made money. Good for them. Yeah, I mean but, you're still doing it right. So. <laughs> there's a will there's a way man you can I'm find sorry. a way i'm being a little happen. horrible today i'll tone it down a bit well hey and, and here's the thing man and to these viewers as they begin to follow along you'll realize very quickly that easton roadhouse is a rotten human being like he <laughs> he is bad news guys he is really bad news and you guys may you may think this is just just a shtick or something no this guy is legitimately got some issues and like i said you'll realize it pretty quickly <laughs> yeah man i'm terrible and there's really no way around it but you know we'll get back to the episode we'll save that for another day uh <laughs> yeah. hopefully as we talked about before the episode we'll get some some video content out to you guys about some of our interactions and uh what goes on in in the lives of of christian and easton so what well, keep the content for there but Back to uh, our influencer talk. 
I wanted to ask you. So yeah. we we touched on the early days of YouTube and kind of what it's become now, what some of those those brands have become now. What was really your like your next level of I shouldn't say next level. What platform was the next thing to be known as like what someone could get on and be considered an influencer or, you know, make make revenue off of posting personal content? Yeah, so that's that's an interesting one. There are a couple that come to mind because I feel like that early 2010s era was when social media really started to take off and there are a couple that really sprouted up obviously you had instagram starting out but instagram didn't really become what it was until probably 2016 2015 area i'd say that vine was honestly the next precursor to these just it was it's very similar to youtube but in a sense yeah. that the six second videos i i read something that said that at a certain point some of these top vine stars were making between 30,000 and 50,000 per sponsored video and for a six second clip and for the amount of content that was being put out by these people, like it's absolutely absurd the money that was involved once Vine really started to take off. So yeah, I'd say that Vine was the next step after YouTube. Yeah. And do you want to hear my hot take on that? I Let's think that, uh, I think that actually might be what drove Vine into the ground to some extent okay. Okay. i think i think that once it got kind of labeled as this thing that you know there were clearly a lot of people making a ton of, a ton of money off of i think that a lot of the the i guess you could call them influencers on vine started to sort of lack in the content they were posting because yes. you know it up until the later days of vine you were only allowed that six seconds and you know you would have these influencers trying to fit a sponsor or some, you know, get some other person in their video so that they could blow them up. And it just became way too much of a, like it was noticeable, right? Cause they, again, mm -hmm. they only had six seconds. So like some, some of the names that, that come to mind are like your, your King batch, uh, both, yeah. the, both the Paul brothers. So yes. like they, they early on hit the jackpot with Vine and they were really, you know, it was just because their content was unique and people found it funny. And then I think it got to a stage where it started getting so forced and so like manipulated with how people were able to edit Vine videos and make them just crazy when like the whole reason that platform blew up in the first place was because people can do some really crazy, funny, ridiculous things in six seconds. And they got creative with it. And I think to an extent, you know, that whole people getting kind of revenue hung, hungry drove that content yes. into the ground and it just wasn't, you didn't see it as much after a while. Yeah. And I think Vine is the perfect cautionary tale of trying to take an idea that was very successful and mm -hmm. make it something that it doesn't have to be and trying to take it to that next level and make it something that it really shouldn't have been is what drove vine under and this kind of it's kind of a layout of how all social media has been because when social media started in general it was this innocent very simple idea of just being able to share content and be able to interact with people like on facebook or myspace um, or even some that go before then it was just about sharing pictures and just kind of keeping in touch with your classmates no one would have been able to predict what it would become 20 no. years later, 15 yeah. years later. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, you're right. It should be kind of a warning sign to these other apps that are starting to pop up because, yes. you know, I think that where I'm at right now and, you know, where it's been for honestly like the last decade is a lot of people are thinking, well, what sort of social media application could we make that's any different from what's already been made, right? And Vine, you know, somehow found a little crinkle to fit through there and they did that. They successfully made a social media platform that was different from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, YouTube, etc. And yeah, it just, you know, tried to, it's almost like they tried to blow it up too quick mm -hmm. and ended up driving it right into the ground. And I mean, it wasn't a, I believe Vine was bought by Twitter eventually, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, that is what happened. And so I don't know how much of it has to do with that either, but. Yeah, it, the thing about Vine, it was interesting to see all of those influencers there once Vine went under kind of seamlessly transition into YouTube. And yeah. they all went to YouTube and kind of continued to build their brand there. And for better or for worse, obviously, we've seen a lot of controversies regarding some of those Vine stars. You mentioned the Paul brothers. They've yep. both had their fair share of instances on YouTube. And honestly, in some ways, they've completely changed the YouTube platform. Because when those Vine, um, Vine stars came over, it became a much more vlog and lifestyle-oriented platform. Yeah, definitely. And... You know, I think that actually I noticed right towards the the end of, I guess I shouldn't say when Vine went under because I think there was a period where Vine kind of went dead for a while before it really truly, you know, yeah. was shut down. They started going on YouTube and trying to make these videos and that it was because of their fame from Vine that they were able to gain subscribers which honestly I think is a good move by them because yeah. from my understanding, there's more money to be made in YouTube than there was in Vine. Obviously you brought up, you know, the absurd numbers that you could make from doing a single Vine video. But ultimately, you know, if you take that platform to YouTube, then you're now sort of expanding beyond that to where you're getting, you know, sponsorships, you get longer video times so you can sneak things in that, you know, someone mm -hmm. wants in there and then there's also the ad revenue right so yeah i think that's almost what happened to some extent on top of that is some of those some of those people that made it big on vine transitioned to youtube um and really kind of just lost the the focus of vine and you know since they already built such a big base on vine once people saw that their content was going down and it wasn't as interesting. They weren't posting as much that just sort of contributed to the downward trend of how many people were using the platform. Yeah, absolutely. So we've kind of been keeping on to this timeline so far. So we discussed a lot of YouTube, a lot of Vine. And as I kind of mentioned, Instagram came up next. And Instagram has taken influencer culture and completely changed it, made it something that when you think of influencer culture, you think of Instagram, or at least I do. And there is an absurd amount of money involved in mm -hmm. Instagram and the following there. And 
I actually, I'm going to ask you this right now. So I have the list of the top five paid social media influencers. And this is just across, this is the, these five were associated to Instagram. So we'll keep it at Instagram, but I want you to try to guess the top five and how much they're making per sponsored post. And I'll tell you this right now, you'll, these aren't necessarily just like Instagram or social media stars like these this could be anyone that is a celebrity or anyone huge yeah okay uh all right there's five you said I'm guessing yeah yeah okay no no particular order one of my choices is gonna be Kendall Jenner close close Kylie Kylie. Jenner Kylie's on where where does she come in at Kylie came in at number one, and per sponsored post, oh you want you want to take a guess at how much she makes per sponsored post? Uh, I'm gonna. I, this is literally just a stab in the dark. I'm going to say three hundred thousand. <laughs> She's I, making I a, more it. than one point one million per sponsored post. This is solely <laughs> to post a picture on Instagram with some kind of product placement. So yeah, she is one of them and she came in at number one. Try to try to guess the next four. No particular order. Okay. Is uh is Bieber on there? Bieber's not on there, no. Either of the Paul brothers. No. no. The these four are big time world celebrities. Like everyone knows these people. Okay. Uh LeBron James. Um, no, not LeBron, but there's someone of his stature, an athlete on there, a world athlete. There's one athlete that could, in this one, you may not think of it, but when I say it, you'll, is it, is it Messi? Cristiano Ronaldo. And Ah, he's making, he's making 975,000 per sponsored post. There's three more number. Is he number two? He was three. He was three, three. So, good lord, man. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, she she was on there. She was number four on there with nine hundred and ten thousand per sponsored post. So, you, you, right now we got one, three, and four. Still missing two and five. All right. Uh, you know, I don't think he's on there, but we'll throw it out there. How about her husband, Kanye West? No. No. That just could not be more wrong, actually. So you're sick in the head. <laughs> not right, not hey, a good guess. Help, help me out here. These last two people. Yeah, these give, last two. Give, give me their their, uh, I guess, profession. Okay. I'll, I'll give you this. They are both. One of them is a former Disney Channel star, and I I know who's going to come to your mind. You're probably going to get this wrong. And then the other is a former Nickelodeon star. Okay, so for the first one, I'm saying Selena Gomez. Yeah, okay. I thought you were gonna say Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Selena no. Gomez. I, I, I actually did. I do remember hearing that she kind of hit big on Instagram. The next one is a Nickelodeon star. You say, uh, male or female? Female singer. Is I mean, it, I'll say it. Is it? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's once I say it, you'll. Ariana Grande. Yeah, it's Ariana Grande. She's making one million for sponsored post. Um, so yeah, that just right there shows you the amount of money that goes right. into the Instagram influencer 
And like I said, these are obviously huge celebrities. These are people that everyone knows. But at the same time, you have, like you mentioned the Paul brothers, and we kind of keep on touching on them. But those guys, they could make up to 300, 4,000 posts still. Like they're still making an absurd right. amount. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where the, you know, where you really see some of this madness come in is those people who, because obviously all five of the people on that list have made it big in other areas yes. and from that have built a bit of a base um, to, to put themselves in that position to be successful off Instagram. But there are people out there who have legitimately basically built their their brand through yes. sites like Instagram and now they're making you know, absurd amounts of money off doing this. Um, one that comes to my mind actually is, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bradley Martin. He, he does no. a few, he actually does a few videos with Nelk and Steve will do okay. it, but his, his whole gig is, uh, is weightlifting. He's into fitness okay. and he, you know, literally became successful off of this YouTube, Instagram, you know, whatever other social media you want to throw in there and that's all it is like he's a you know he's a massive human being he's yeah. he's, he's probably around 6'3 260 of all muscle yeah. but you know there's there's a lot of those guys out there if you go to any gym in the world you're going to see two or three of those guys but he really just promoted it and basically promoted his uh his fitness lifestyle and other people it gained traction you know people started watching it and now he's worth millions of dollars. And I honestly don't think he has done anything outside of social media. He's opened a gym now, but this was, okay. you know, well beyond him making money from social media. So he literally, you know, went from nothing to basically everything just off of YouTube videos, Instagram posts, uh, mm -hmm. Instagram videos. You know, it's yeah. just it's pretty insane. Yeah, and of the many downfalls that there could be with social media, one of the yeah, one of the huge upsides is the fact that it can provide another out, outlet for people to grow their brand and make money and even make a career. And like you were saying, you were saying Bradley Martin, um, that fitness fitness community in general is huge on social media right now. I've seen it. Especially it's really big Instagram. on YouTube, but yeah, I assume Instagram. It's it's very big. Um, and that's just, I forget you don't have an Instagram, do you? I do not. I oh don't have an Instagram. <laughs> I'm yeah. uncultured. I'm I'm very uncultured. I you never know swine. what's going on there. Yeah, I, I've got. <laughs> I said that Easton's got issues. Well, wait till you hear my issues. Um, <laughs> hey, but I do. I may not. I may not personally run an Instagram, but uh, I do have. I I do have a fan account on Instagram. Yeah, so. I'd follow that. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, horrible. Yeah, don't yeah, follow yeah. it. Great, great content. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have an Instagram. So I don't, I guess I can't speak personally to what is on that site, but I assume it's very similar just in. Yeah. Well, nature. hey, let me, let me enlighten you really quick. Enlighten, so please, please. The difference is um, the content is not as lengthy and there's a lot more of it. So I believe that the Instagram's really become a marketing giant, like a way for companies, are, companies are using it so brilliant, brilliantly to market now that okay. 
it's really quite ridiculous. Like there was a big thing going for a while when uh, Bang Energy first came out with their yes. their energy drinks. Like you know, they were hiring just basically guys and girls who were into fitness who had a ton of Instagram followers, and they just post a you know short little video or story or whatever of them with a bang, and you know. It sounds stupid, but how big did Bang get in that short amount of time? And that was honestly a big reason for it. And you see a bunch of companies trying to mimic it now. Like, even speaking to, like, my my sister, actually. Uh, I don't know exactly how many followers she has on Instagram. I want to say it's, you know, it's in the thousands, but it's not okay, like okay. Oh, it's not like over 10,000. It's not a yeah, absurd, yeah. an absurd amount. But she's had, you know, a few companies actually come to her and like just ask her to basically wear something in a post and tag them. And it's like like it's this is legitimately arguably yeah. the biggest thing in marketing now is using Instagram. Well, I mean, how much do we got to pay her to uh, to wear some you wouldn't get it merch? Then? That's that's the next mm-hmm. question. <laughs> that's true. We don't have those kind of funds yet, Barzi. Like I said, I no. took a I took a bit of a pay cut to make this podcast happen, so yeah. we're not in that Yo. position yet. Yeah, we're running on fumes right now, but hey, one of, the, one of these days, one of these days it'll work yeah. out. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it really, it's, it's, it's super cool to see what Instagram, YouTube, all these social media sites have been able to do for people and just marketing in general, as you were talking about. But we've talked a lot about the good of social media. Mm. There's also a lot of bad involved yes. in social media. And I think the the poster child for that right now is arguably the biggest or what could become the biggest of all of these. And that's TikTok. Mm. Here, here it is. Here it is. TikTok yep. is it's a very controversial very controversial platform right now and it's a very similar to idea divine it's not much not very different divine other than the fact that the videos have a little bit longer of a runtime but the interface and everything along those lines basically took vine and just yeah worked off of that idea and mm-hmm. it has absolutely changed the social media game at least in my in my personal opinion right now yeah well I think the reason for that is you see a lot of these people on TikTok making it big off of pretty, you know, I'm not I'm not going to try to be mean here, but the posts, you know, they don't make me laugh. The majority of them don't make me laugh. There's some good ones out there. I'll give it that. But there's some of these posts that I see that have, you know, one, two, three, upwards of five million views. And I watch these and I think to myself, how in the world... Like the thing with Vine that that everyone could appreciate was, like I mentioned earlier, how creative people would get to make something happen in six seconds. But this TikTok thing, I mean, you know, you've got 12. Again, I my youngest sister, who's uh, 12, her everyone in her friend group, that's like the biggest oh, thing yeah. They're all day long, making TikToks, trying to mimic dances, you know, edit videos mm-hmm. in weird ways. And. You know, I would call it stupid, but some of these people are actually now, you know, creating a platform for themselves and have thousands upon thousands of people watching these just weird videos. Yeah, and that's, and you know, I'm, that's a little opinionated, but 
Hey, if you're not going to be mean, then I will. Go ahead. A lot of these TikTok videos just flat out suck. And <laughs> hey, and Thank I, you. I can Thank say you. it. I can say it because you're looking at a failed TikTok star right here. I, uh, I you know, I entered the game. I entered the game, made a couple videos here and there. And I, I'm going to be completely honest. My videos were all just could not be more clout chasing. Like, I'll break this down for you. And in our house we lived in this year, we had a basement that basically was just like to get to the basement. It was like a little trap door in the closet. Everyone knew it was there. Like this was not a secret in any way, shape or form, but I made a TikTok pretending that I didn't know it existed and that I just uncovered this secret passage in our house. Uh, I really thought that one was going to make it big and it, it didn't at all. And once that didn't make it big, yeah, I, re I hung it up. I retired, but and that's just that's a perfect example of what TikTok is. It is people like me, horrible people, just trying to make it big with horrible content. Yeah, <laughs> and, and no, I yeah, yeah, you hit that one on the head. And I, I mean, I know that your uh, former roommate, he's already been mentioned on this podcast before. Riley Dent was big into TikTok, and from my understanding, some of his videos did did decently well. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers on them, but I, I a, do. I'll help you out. And he had 98,000 views on one of them. And I know because I was in it. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that, no, it really only makes it a little more sad in your situation that, you know, again, you had someone propping you up on a pedestal and you just couldn't capitalize. You couldn't, you couldn't bring those fans over to your page. So no. So one of the things about TikTok that is, and like you said, your 12 year old sister is really big with it. Um, it's really big with I've my brother is going to be a sophomore in high school in that crowd. It is it's these people live and die off of TikToks. Like they're all talking about the new big TikToks, the new big TikTokers. And, yep. and, and speaking on that, all like pretty much all of the huge TikTok stars right now are between the ages of 15 and 20. And I actually looked up a list and I think like 20 of the top, like 40 or 50 were all between like 14 and 20 years old. So this this platform is run heavily by very young kids because that's kids. They're basically kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what I think it is actually? The reason for that is we've now hit that phase where, and everyone knew eventually it was kind of inevitable, but to where you know, the younger and younger that kids get, they're starting to get phones and specifically smartphones at this age. Yes. Like, I don't know about you, but when I was like 11, 12 years old, it was pretty unheard of for someone to have a smartphone, like maybe one of those little flip flip Motorola razors or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But we're finally to that point now where I think honestly a good, I shouldn't say good majority because that's a little speaking from the privileged side, but uh you know, a, a lot of people between the ages of 12 and 15 now have smartphones. And with that comes the social media stuff. And I think that TikTok is the first platform that has really, you know, started to emerge with these guys' come up in life, really. Kind of mm -hmm. similar to how it was with us and Vine. Now, Vine captured an older demographic as well. But like for us, it was like, okay you know, why are we getting a vine? Because, you know, our buddies have vine and we've seen a couple of vines and they're interesting. And 
not to use the old cliche saying, but everyone's doing it, so why not hop on the train? Um, and I think that's what TikTok is for for that age group, and that's the reason why the, you know, if you look at the averages, why that it's so low because they're all it's all young people using it. it you know, yeah. like you don't you don't have uh-huh. people over the age of twenty five on TikTok for the most part. You know, you've got some celebrities that try to throw out some just corny, horrible TikToks as well. Yes. But for the most part, again, it's that demographic using it. And I think that's why that, you know, the things uh-huh. that they find funny that we just can't wrap our head around, you know, maybe we don't understand it. Again, probably like 60-year-olds don't understand YouTube, but they're, <laughs> well, still, they're still making it, right? And hey, Ethan, those six-year-olds would look us straight in the eye and they would say, you, you guys don't get it. Like, you don't get it. And we would say, yeah, no, we don't get it. That's what it is. And so I did some more research on it and TikTok's already at the point where there, it's like 20K to 30K range per sponsored post. And then you got guys, obviously this is a little bit different, but a guy like Jason Derulo, he's actually really big on TikTok. He's making like 75K per sponsored post. And once again, comes back to the money. It's becoming a huge part, a huge part of it. And like, it's just, it's scary because on the flip side of that, I might have to get into this TikTok game now that you throw those numbers out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, There's nothing quite like clout chasing a little bit, making horrible content, and then also making 20K with it. Um, But there is a very dark side to TikTok, and it doesn't even have to do as much with the content on the platform, um, but more so just the underbelly of it. Do you want to kind of get going into that? Sure. So, yeah, especially as of recent, there's been a big controversy with TikTok and China, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mr. Pompeo, uh, if you were a fan of the Peanut Gallery podcast, you definitely are familiar (laughs) with this name. Um, So, this goober is very worried about TikTok, actually. Um, For those of you who don't know him, he's a Secretary of State in President Trump's cabinet. So, he's worried that TikTok isn't handling its data like it should be and basically that China is is really mining all of this data from people using TikTok um and you know obviously China being a communist state uh mm-hmm. he referred to him as an evil state so the executive branch basically is very worried about China getting really a ton of da- if if what they're saying is true and they really are garnering all of this data from the users and how big the platform's gotten, it actually, you know, truthfully, it is something to worry about because as Christian mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, what's the demographic using TikTok? You know, we're not talking about adults here. These are, for the most part, you know, younger teens to, you know, maybe sometimes lower 20s, but that's your core demographic. And it is troubling to think, like, you know, is China getting a bunch of data from these people because TikTok just can't manage it properly? And honestly, I would probably say the answer to that is yes. So the, the thing about TikTok is they're not really trying to be too secretive about this. In the privacy policy, it literally says that TikTok 
shares your browsing data and email address with third parties so that it can serve you with the targeted advertising and the kind of content just to shape the content you like to watch. So without even signing up for a TikTok account, and this is just you downloading the app and loading into it, they already have your IP address, your browsing history, your mobile carrier, your location data, Ooh. and the info on the device you use to access TikTok. So like that could be any third-party app. So you like said, oh, like TikTok can use it. Um, and that's just without, that's without any account or anything. And if we're going to go a little bit deeper into this, so the company that owns TikTok, they're based in China. Um, this company is named ByteDance and they're headquartered in Beijing and it's worth over a hundred billion dollars. So the thing about China, you, you touched on it, it's a communist state and there's really whatever the government wants, they're going to get. So exactly, the, yeah. the laws there and the regulations and everything makes it really hard for a company, even if it's private, to stay independent of the communist party. So even yeah. if like ByteDance wanted to resist um, like agreeing basically with the communist party, um, China can pass laws to easily get a hold of this data. They well, can easily, and there was actually something passed in 2017 allowing the government, it states here, to comp compel any Chinese company to provide practically any information ads request in yeah. on foreign citizens. <laughs> yeah. And so basically what this is, is, I mean, you know, the uproar that happened in this country following uh, the attacks on 9-11 when the Patriot Act was passed. And basically, you know, the government was kind of trying to give themselves the power to to look into our personal stuff and our, you know, whatever form of technology that was being used at the time is obviously a lot different than now. But like emails, uh, web browsing, all that stuff, it allowed them to have access to it. And the goal of it was, you know, to, to stop terrorist attacks. But as a lot of people kind of had a, a hinge for, like, they used it for a lot more than that. And that's became pretty evident over, you know, the, the last couple of years. And when you look to China, they've basically done the same thing. But nobody can do anything about it right like yeah. it doesn't matter if people figure out that they're using their data and that they're you know gathering all this data it really doesn't matter what's troubling about it is obviously there's always been a pretty big tension between us and china and yeah. you know now we're looking at something where they're getting a bunch of our personal data and i don't think that we have that same access to data on their citizens mm -hmm. and there's not a whole lot we can do about it with this company so i would say like as much as i uh, disagree with the administration on certain things like this is one to at least be concerned about right and i think was it india who already banned tiktok i believe the whole country banned oh really tiktok yes so that's that's pretty big considering that's a very highly populated, um, yeah, just a populated audience that TikTok lost there. And now if the United States were to come down and also ban this app, that would pretty much, 
it would come close to running it out of business. And, or you would think, even though there is a very high population in China, um, yeah. it would still be losing a large, large audience. But the, the thing that's interesting to me is people don't really, and I'm speaking for myself as well, I don't really understand the threat, and, and I understand there is a threat, but I don't understand, and a lot of people don't understand what China could do or is capable of when having all of this information. Yeah, so I think what it is is, you know, just the idea of a foreign power who we don't necessarily trust having mm -hmm. so much information on our citizens. So, like, from there they can kind of develop – you know, okay, what are the behaviors going on here? Like, how do people yes. think in this country? What, you know, what's the average person doing? And that way they, from there in a hypothetical, can kind of develop different forms of attack. So like we talk about in the last 20, 30 years, how big cyber attacks have become. Yes. And all of that is really based around people figuring out someone else's behavior and you know, understanding technology better than the company. And, and so in turn, you know, they're able to take advantage of that. And then all of a sudden they have credit card numbers, they have bank account mm -hmm. numbers. So I think that that's what the worry with China is, is this data basically getting in the wrong hands or the Chinese government trying to use it to basically cause turmoil within our own system because it makes us weaker. And, you know, it's no secret that their ultimate goal is to be, you know, the most powerful country. So that being said, the more information they have on the everyday citizen, the better position they are to, to basically launch these attacks. Now, the, again, the trouble is no one really knows what these attacks are going to be, mm -hmm. but the way they're, the way they start again is gathering information, knowing everything and anything about certain citizens. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And you see, we've touched on social media just being just out there with some things. But I've seen ideas even as far out as China trying to clone people. And that's what the <laughs> threat is. Um, but it's just, yeah. And even as absolutely absurd and crazy as that is, we don't know what the future holds with. Um, a communist state like China having all of this information like you just touched on. So that really is and can be a red flag moving forward with TikTok in general. Because as you said also, a lot of the population on TikTok is a much younger age, easily influenced by things. And China is also capable of, you have to, China is not a, really at all a progressive state with the communist ideals and everything. And they oh, ultimately, no. can, they control what people can see, what is banned, what is ultimately viewed on TikTok. And there have already been a lot of controversy surrounding the things that have been okayed and some of the very popular videos. And like you said, it could just be China stirring the pot, causing issues and just creating turmoil. Yeah which, I mean, they've definitely done before, so it's not anything that, you know, should be put past them. You touched on some of the bizarre things that people are really bringing <laughs> up, and uh, we'll see where that goes. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this. We haven't talked about this, but uh, 
stay tuned for next week because off of off of Christian's little rant there, we uh we might get into some interesting conspiracy theories. Oh, ho, ho. And, hey, I love you heard it here first, right? I, we didn't talk about that, but I said it, and it's it's hey, done I, now. So I heard it here first. I'm I'm pumped for that. I'm excited for a great conspiracy theory, and and we are gonna tackle. We we're gonna we're gonna touch on some conspiracies over this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to those episodes because that's oh, yeah. when I think you will see some of the outlandish ideas that we hold in our brain come out. Mm, yeah. So it, it's gonna be fun. And and on that, uh, as with we are doing every end of episode now, I'm going to give Barzi his uh, his Christian rating of the day. So looking back on things in retrospect, you know, he was he, he reeled it in today. There weren't too many cold takes. You know, the, the nature of the episode didn't really allow for it as much. Um, added some good information. So, you know what, today, Barzi. I'm going to give you an 8.3. Yes, man. And you know what? I am I was going to remind you in case you forgot, but you did not. You impressed me no, there. I'm 8. a veteran. 3, you are a veteran, and I should know that. I should I should know better. Um, I am going to start compiling these numbers, and as the episodes go on, I'm going to have to look back at last week's episode. I think last week's episode was a pretty decently high rating as well. I think it was so, in the sevens, if I remember. Yes. So, so I think... You You're off to a good start. I'm, I'm coming out of the gate hot, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what what I can do moving forward. Because I promise you, it's not going to stay like this. No. You're going to see some ones. You're going to see some twos. You're going to yep. see some threes, and okay. just be prepared for that. Yeah, and especially you know, like we said before, getting into some conspir- conspiracy theories next week. I'll just throw this out there right now, Christian. Your score is either going to be below a 2.5 or above an 8.5 there's going to be no in between you're either going to awesome. you're, you're going to be there you're going to be locked in or you're you know you're going to be lost and i'm not a bet man but if i was i'd put the money on that you'll probably be a little lost next episode <laughs> oh baby all righty and with that guys i hope you enjoyed yet another episode of you wouldn't get it be sure to follow us on twitter on youtube on soundcloud it is now on spotify and apple Podcasts as well so everywhere we're everywhere now you can't escape us so you might as well just follow along so guys thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time